0: Hi, I'm Ashton Gustafson, and this is Good, True, and Beautiful. Today we are joined by Dr. Kelly Flanagan, where he chats with us about his book, Lovable, and how we can embrace our worthiness, our belonging, and our purpose in the world. Joining us today, my brother from another mother, my, my long-lost brother. We finally got to meet, by the way, on a, in a cold night in Chicago this last fall. Uh, together with our wives, we had a great meal We talked about everything under the sun and, uh, he's just, um, he's one of us and I'm super thrilled to uh, bring him back on the show. I'm also thrilled to share some fun stuff that we're going to be doing later this year, actually in this spring, we'll get to that. Uh, but that being said, the author of lovable Kelly Flanagan joins us. Kelly, welcome back.
1: Ashton. Thanks for having me. Um, we walked away from that night in November feeling the exact same thing that, uh, we had found another place to belong. We're so grateful for you guys.
0: Dude, like, I mean, isn't our universe crazy today that, like, you can put crazy. something into the world and then somehow through emails and text and podcast, we can get connected and then, like, now we're friends. Um, yeah. It's it's crazy how the world works. Um, and there has to be something with the law of attraction in there. I don't know. But that's 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 way beyond my pay grade. Um, but, uh, uh Yes, man. So super thankful for you coming back on today. Um, I, you know, maybe people didn't hear the interview that we had uh, with you mm-hmm. a year or so ago, um, and and you wrote this book called "Lovable." And what I tell everyone is, um, this is the playbook. Uh, that this is the this is the the roadmap of all of these beautiful voices, really, that I've gathered and and discovered over the last handful mm-hmm. of years um and you i mean the 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 book in a nutshell is hey uh what was your name before you ever had a name and Mm -hmm. uh and and who are you at the soul level and not only is that wonderfully unique but it's also something that we all share so as as divinely Mm -hmm. unique as it is we we also collectively have this belovedness um absolutely when you introduce yourself and your work in the world you know where do you begin
1: yeah. Well, I love what you just said. You know, it, it sort of gets at the idea that we're all sort of spokes on a wheel, working our way back to the hub. Right. Yes. And uh, and we, what you know, we get back to the hub and and what we discover is that indeed we're beloved and we're lovable and there's goodness and beauty and truth yeah. <laughs> yeah. At, the, at the heart, at the heart of things. Right. So um, yeah, that is definitely the belief that, that anchors the book. Um, and uh, I sure do appreciate what you said. Gosh, high praise to call it, you know, the playbook, but um you know, as I as I was thinking about what I wanted to write in my first book, um, these three ideas of worthiness, belonging, and purpose kept coming to mind, and it occurred to me that I w- I'd read a lot of books about worthiness, and I'd read a lot of books about relationships and belonging and true connection, and I'd read a lot of other books about, you know, purpose and and passion and that kind of thing, but I'd never read a book that addressed all three of them together and how mm. they fit together. And, uh, and so that was, that was really the driving motivation and it was actually part of what made it a little hard to get lovable. to publication is mm. uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of publishers who said, you know, well, just focus on this one piece. Could you write a book about marriage or could you write a book only about worthiness? And, uh, and, and the, the motivation though, was to say, actually they all fit together. Yeah. Once we, once we can identify that name, that we were given before all their names. Once we can rest into the truth of our belovedness, now our relationships become so much simpler. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, instead of going out and trying to find our worthiness in relationships, we can go out and we can express our worthiness in our relationships. And then you find true belonging. And once you found that belonging, you found the people who are going to say, hey, you're really passionate about doing this thing. Go out and do that thing. We support you in that. We encourage you in that. then you go out and you discover your purpose and practicing your passion so i wanted to talk about how they all fit together yeah And was so grateful grateful that i got to do that ultimately
0: well and i mean this is what you do for a living right like you you sit face to face with people um as a psychologist and and i and i would assume that after you've been in that game for a while you kind of go this is this this is one big thing but it breaks down into multiple things and if you remove one of them and we don't right. have the full picture here. So uh, I think you yes. bring a great voice while we have the Henry Nowens, the Thomas Keatings, the Richard Rohrs, the, you know, the John O'Donohue's, you name it, kind of in right. the spiritual realm. You br- I think you bring those voices and you bring a little of the science in as well. And you go, hey, this is, <laughs> this is the, it's, you know, it's half art, half science. It's, uh... It's half certainty, half uncertainty, right? There's paradox in it, but it takes all of it to be good, yeah. True, beautiful.
1: Yeah, I think you know. I think it was Richard Rohr who said in the Naked Now, all wisdom is borrowed.
0: That's right. And, yeah, um, we talked about you
1: know, that. Yeah, we talked about that, and it's sort of like, okay, I, I just want to sort of borrow the wisdom of all these great spiritual teachers and sort of break it down into the the day to days of ordinary life, and uh, and the day to day of an ordinary life, just trying to figure out. You know, am I good enough? Where do I belong? Why am I here? And sort of translate it into the language that most of us speak. And Mm. um, So that's that's what I set out to do.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Actually, um, yesterday, an interview that's going to be coming out, I found a guy that did a TED Talk, and he heads up the, get ready for this, the Laboratory Uh of Meaning and Purpose at, at, at Colorado State University. I was like, time out. Well, there, there is there there is a laboratory of meaning and purpose. I'm all in. I'm quitting my job tomorrow. Right. Uh,
1: that's a great great name.
0: So we uh we had a good chat. It'll it'll come out. Oh, soon, that's awesome. But, uh, um, I'm looking forward to hearing it. So um okay. Well, then let's break this down because you you shared with me that you've kind of had some ideas, um, on like the language in which worthiness, belonging, and purpose are mm-hmm. communicated. Um, right. And so again, just to to come back at this, the three spokes of the wheel that you and I are kind of talking about, worthiness, belonging, and purpose. How do you begin this dialogue about the the language in which these things are respectively communicated?
1: Yeah, you know, I think think the idea sort of arose out of, well, I mean, talking about lovable to lots of people and sort of seeking, uh, you know, and having questions asked about, well okay worthiness belonging and purpose how do we cultivate these Mm. these experiences within us and then it was it was someday I think it was early summer uh this past summer and uh my kids were home you know for the day and uh (laughs) my dog Cole little schnauzer poodle was at the front window and he was um he was barking away and I was sort of at the kitchen sink doing dishes and you know shouting at him periodically like Cole be quiet I don't know, there was a bird or a squirrel or some <laughs> reflection in the window or something. And uh, and he wasn't listening to me because he knows I'm no threat, right? If I'm overdoing dishes and not near him, I've not trained him well enough. And so, um, anyhow, at some point, my ten year old Quinn walks over to Cole and sort of you know pulls him in close and starts petting him and says, cole, what what is it, buddy? And uh, instantly Cole quiets down. and my my daughter walks over Caitlin eight years old, and sort of with this voice of awe, she goes, Quinn, you can speak dog, <laughs> <laughs> and instantly the instantly the thought popped into my head. Um, what what language are our kids speaking when they're barking at us? Ah, right. What what language What language are people speaking when they're barking at mm. us? And uh, and what is the language in which worthiness is communicated? What mm. is the language in which belong- belonging is communicated? And what is the language in which purpose is communicated? And those ideas. Are actually in lovable but not articulated in that way and uh, so I sat with that for a while and uh, and the reality is um, the the experience of delight is what anchors that that uh, worthiness part of lovable and the practicing of boundaries is what anchors the belonging part of lovable and the clarity about our passion is what anchors the purpose part. And it occurred to me that worthiness is communicated in the language of delight, you know, belonging is communicated in the language of boundaries, and uh, and purpose is communicated in the language of passion. And uh, now that's a starting point for talking about those new ideas.
0: Wow. So hold my hand then. Um, okay. And, and what metaphors can we hold on to? You use anchor. You also use cultivation, which makes me think of seeds. Um, right. When we, when we talk about the language in which these things are communicated um mm. delight yes. and worthiness how do you want us to hold hold on to delight when we
1: talk about communicating right. worthiness? right yeah and you sound a little bit like my uh my editor who was like dude you get like six mixed metaphors here can we cut it down to three <laughs>
0: hey, <laughs> I, hey more the merrier on metaphors <laughs> well that's what i said too i said i'm a
1: therapist so i i can only communicate in metaphors right. i'm always talking about abstract ideas but i do think that it's this idea of um of this, you know, what we're seeking ultimately when someone asks the question, how do we cultivate worthiness? What they're saying is how do I engage with myself and with my people hmm. in a way that that encourages a sense of worthiness? And in Lovable, of course, is central this idea that we all are worthy, um, but that we've lost a sense of our worthiness, that we've become disconnected from the worthy little one within us and we need to get reconnected. So um, speaking to ourselves and speaking to others Um, with delight, Um, delighting in others and delighting in ourselves is a way to reconnect us back to that, that fundamental original sense of worthiness in all of us. Um, You know, yeah, I'll give you an example. I mean, I think most people with kids or even with, you know, friends will will relate to this. Uh, I came home, you know, oh gosh, this is okay. So it was December um, and I didn't come home first. So my, my son loves art. He's had an art class and uh that he took all semester and the end of the semester it was an art show um and of course it was a night where i was out of time working right so guaranteed therapy session about <laughs> five ten years down the road here but but he i called home after the art show i said hey how did it go and he said i didn't i didn't win anything um but don't come into your office when you get home so i knew he had sort of laid his art projects out on the, the floor and he said i want to show you those in the morning so I did that and morning comes and he takes me into my office and he starts showing me his projects and sort of looking for my reaction. Right. And I think anybody who has had anybody show them something, <laughs> a kid, a friend sort of that, you know, what's expected at this point, right? right? Yeah. You, you know what they're desiring. They're desiring for you to delight mm. in what they've, mm. in what they've done. Mm-hmm. But, but even more importantly, like Quinn's Quinn's projects, they didn't win awards. Right, he wants me to delight in who he is yeah, as yeah. much as in who who he's done. Right, delight delights in a person, not in a performance. Yeah, that's right, good.
0: so he wants me to look at what he did and go,
1: dude, how did you get those little beads on there? That must have taken so much patience. Like. Oh my gosh, so mm. they didn't tell you to make a dolphin? You just sort of envisioned that? What creativity you showed there. It wants me not to just delight in the projects themselves, but in the heart that created them, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And that, that that's that's how we speak in the language of delight, is seeing into the heart of the people that we are we are with, seeing into our own heart and delighting in what we find there, the qualities of, of character and the person that we are, uh, and naming those things and delighting in them. Love it. So delight... Delight
0: can also be a bridge, not only an anchor, but a bridge between um,
1: you and another. Absolutely. You know, one of my favorite authors, um, here I go to another Jesuit, uh, Gregory Boyle, wrote a book called... uh, The Homeboy. Yeah, Homeboy Industries, exactly. Tattoos on the Heart. And uh, I think he borrowed this idea from someone else himself, but he uses it a lot, our common calling to delight, Mm -hmm. Um, that delight um, celebrates people delight is almost always um, a tender experience yeah. um, and uh, and that it, it becomes a bridge between people um, and a bridge back to, to who we were before we became ashamed and forgot who we were. Man, love it.
0: Love it. And of course, the word light is hidden right in the middle of it. <laughs> Don't you love that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know, and it, for me as a dad, it simplifies things yeah. quite a lot. You know, like when I'm stressed and there's a lot going on and I'm not quite sure what to do, if I default to delight, mm. um, I'm, pro- I'm probably not going to mess up too badly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so to me, you know, again, mixing metaphors, going back to an anchor, it's, it's an anchor. It's a place that I can come back to. It's a language I can come back to um, that just sort of guides me and simplifies things a little bit.
0: Love it. It's an anchor. It's a bridge. It's a north star. <laughs> uh, it's delight. It's it's d all of the above. Um, it is. It is all of the
1: above. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So whatever works for you. If it's anchor. If it's bridge. If it's north star. Uh, if it's seed, what whatever the metaphor, hey, we're all in on the metaphor. Here.
1: Well, in the, in the, con, in delight is a, a word that names the concept. And, you know, people listening might have th- that, that word might trigger a different word for them, hmm. but the hmm. same, the same idea, yeah. right? The same idea of I see you and I celebrate you. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, I see this in myself and I celebrate that. Yeah. Um, Right. And, and that whatever that is, if maybe for someone else, it's the word celebration or says for someone else, it's the word embrace or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's the it's the experience we're driving at with that right. word delight.
0: Right. Right. Celebration of union.
1: Almost. You got it. Okay. Yes, absolutely.
0: OK, so so we got the worthiness deal. We got that conversation with delight. Now we go to belonging. Um, yeah. I'm interested to hear how boundaries uh, are, are the is the language here. Um, yeah walk with us in that
1: sure yeah so uh i think it helps first to to distinguish between you know what i call true belonging or false belonging or authentic belonging versus inauthentic belonging because inauthentic belonging is everywhere right i have like 700 facebook friends (laughs) i don't truly i don't truly belong to all of them um you know and so the the thing is we sort of The the default mode that it's so easy to slip into is to say, okay, um, at times I don't feel worthy. Um, I feel ashamed. I feel like I'm not good enough. So I'm going to develop a false self, you know, to compensate for my true self that I believe is not good enough. And that false self is going to go out into the world and try to belong to people. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to belong by hiding my true voice, hiding my true self, um, not truly showing up. The way that I am, and and when we do that, we can develop all sorts of uh, places of belonging, um, but they're not true places of belonging. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not truly showing up. We're not having a voice, and um, and so when you have found a place in your life where you can truly show up, where you can share your opinions and your beliefs and make yourself known, and where your where your boundaries, right, where your voice can actually clash with someone else's voice. And then they can say, but you know what? That's okay. Let's work through this together. Hmm. Um, I'll give you an example. <laughs> um, this was, gosh, maybe a couple months ago. Uh, my wife tell, tells me this story. She gets home um, and my daughter gets home from swim practice. And my daughter says, uh, Caitlin, eight years old, says, um, I want to take my wallet to, to swim practice. Uh, next week and uh and my wife says you you know the rules you can't do that because because caitlin has this like weird weird amount of walking around money for an eight-year-old it's really we're not quite yeah she's got this crazy stash and she holds on to it which i think she's just accumulated over the years you know um but we've we found her a couple times where she's taking her wallet out of the house. We're like, you can't do that. It's not mm-hmm. a safe, safe way to walk around as an eight year old. So we, we hold on to it. And if she would want some money, but anyway, she says, I want my wallet. My wife says, no, you can't have it. And she says, I want my wallet. So she's setting her boundary, right? Mm-hmm. She's showing up. Mm-hmm. It's my money. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want my, I want my wallet. I want to do this thing. And my wife is setting her boundary. Well, these are our rules. You can't do that. Um, and then my wife, as she told me the story, she said, I actually had one of those, those parenting win moments where I decided to do what I would recommend to most parents. They do my wife's a child psychologist. And so she stopped herself and she said, i tell you what, Caitlin, you are a really smart, um, persuasive girl. How about when your dad gets home, we sit down with him and you tell us your reasons for wanting to take your wallet to swim practice. And you know, you might, you might just persuade us to, to let you do that. And she said in that moment, Caitlin, her, her like chin started to quiver and her eyes started to irrigate a little bit. And she said, I'll tell you right, you know, tell you right now. She said, um, one of her friends on the way out of swim practice had three quarters and had put, um, all three quarters into one of those, you know, machines that dispenses handfuls of Skittles sorts of things. And she had kept two of the quarters worth of Skittles for herself and given one quarter's worth to another friend. (laughs) and and my wife said oh sweetie how about uh, i give you four quarters and you can have two for yourself and give one to both of those friends next student practice and caitlin said yeah that's that sounds good (laughs) you know so you get two people who are showing up being true to themselves Hmm authentically presenting their boundaries and their mm. boundaries clash. And they say, but let's figure out how to work this out together. Mm. Um, you know, and, and to me, that's what true belonging is. It's not a place where everyone agrees, right? It's not a place where everyone's had the same experience and just keep saying same, same, same. Um, but a place where you can say actually different. Yeah. Um, and, but I feel safe enough with you to show up and tell you that because I trust that we'll work that out together and this belonging won't be thrown into jeopardy. Um, you know, so, and, you know, Ashton, I'm sure as you and I, uh, as our relationship and friendship continues to grow, there'll be moments like that. Right. Right. And the question is, is, can our belonging be true enough to hold that, that space where we can, can both be true or do we have to retreat and, and, and send our false self back out to, to sort of manage that moment. So to me, boundaries, the, the ability to show up, be your true self. Um, say who you are, what you want, what you need in a space, um, and for everyone to be able to do that and work through that together, that's 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 when belonging starts to feel feel really true and strong and enduring.
0: Totally. You, you know, I had um, A.J. Sherrill on from Mars Hill, uh, mm-hmm. in Michigan, not long ago, and we had this dialogue. I was kind of giving him, like, um, the litmus test of transformation. I've just kind of mm-hmm. centered into, it's the fruits of the Spirit, Right. Like if, I, if I see mm-hmm. if, if if these things are being produced, then to me uh, against such thing, there is no law. Right. Yes. And so, and yes. so he, he goes, well, he goes, I've kind of been thinking about it like this. What if like <clears throat> we are all prisms? We are these crystal mm. prisms, like the front of uh, the, the, one of the Pink Floyd records had this pink this prism, yeah. and it received light. And he goes, what if we are prisms that receive this light, which let's call it love, and then we refract right. it out into all these other colors of love, joy, peace, right. patience. And then, so that, when you bring up this conversation of um, yeah. diversity, uh, diversity mm. of opinions, diversity of ways of seeing, when love enters the mix it can be refracted out in a lot of different colors. That's, that's what the yes. rainbow is telling us. Um, yep. and can we hold that space, that healthy space to go, Hey, uh, we're, I'm trying to protect your stash mm-hmm. and, and, and she's saying, yeah, and I'm just trying to help a friend. Uh, I'm, right. I'm trying to share some abundance with the world. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I love it.
1: Yeah. Like if, 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 in a place of true belonging, someone comes to you with a totally different idea you can kind of sort of go, Oh, Oh, there's the rest of me. (laughs) Um, yeah, now, now we're, now we're, we're getting closer to to being complete. Let's talk about that and figure out how we fit together. Um, let's put, put ourselves back together again, the union piece that you were talking about earlier. I, I love it. Prism another good metaphor. We're full of them. (laughs)
0: There's nothing else. Um, so, and then the last one here is purpose um, and, and the language, you say the language was clarity, um, uh, passion. passion, passion. Okay. Passion. Yes. So, mm-hmm. um, walk with me in that.
1: Well, and this is probably in terms of the way it's depicted in lovable, the clearest, the clearest parallel to this language idea, because, um, when I was writing lovable, it started out, uh, the, the part of the book was all about purpose. Mm. Um, but, um, purpose is a word in our in in so well in so many different elements of our culture that just has so much baggage associated with it right and so i wanted to get away away from the idea of striving to have a purpose um, and instead um, explore this idea that if we can be discerning about the passion that was sort of threaded into us from the very beginning and we can be faithful to practicing that passion in the world then our sense of purpose will sort of take care of itself. We we don't need to walk around with this heavy burden of figuring out what my purpose is. We simply wake up every day and say, "How how do I practice my passion a little more today?" Um, and so this idea that that purpose is really communicated in the language of of, of passion. <laughs> yeah. My uh, you know my my son, Aiden, who's fourteen, he came to us recently, and he uh, he 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 told us. Uh, Walked up was just I think my wife and I were sitting at the counter like paying bills or something, and he, he walked up. He said, "I think I know what I want to be when I grow up." And we're both like, "Oh no, <laughs> like, what's, what, what's coming?" You know, and uh, and sure enough, he goes, "I think I want to be a stand-up comedian." Oh,
0: and, let's
1: go. Uh, you know, and uh, so my wife and I are we sort of we try to get to delight, right? We yeah. try to do, like delight in that, but you could see that he could sort of tell we weren't all the way there you know we're like oh that's great you know like oh yeah and then he, he you could see the wheel started. he sort of switches and he says, uh, or, or I also want to be a history teacher. And then it's a lot easier for us. Like, yeah, yeah. history teacher, you know, <laughs> uh, union job, uh, good pension. Great. <laughs> yes, that. that. Um, and uh, but what's interesting about that, it's like, OK, so what is Aiden and he's saying? What he wants to do with his life. What is he saying about his purpose? Those seem like really unrelated mm-hmm. sorts of ambitions. But the reality is Aiden's passions, as I sense them right now, are that number one, he loves to be up in front of people. He thrives on the adrenaline of performing. Yeah. Um, he loves to—he um, loves to tell truth. He's passionate about telling truth in ways that people can hear it. Mm. Um, you know, he's passionate about um, learning and teaching. Um, he's passionate about controlling a room and and uh, evoking laughter and joy from people. So I actually see his passions embedded in both of those potential careers Um, and so more and more I want to talk with people not about what do you do for a living and how is that your purpose but how do you do it um, Uh, and how and how does that passion make your day feel meaningful and purposeful um and and then now the idea of purpose gets opened up to everybody Hmm. rather than a you know a fortunate few who seem to be doing their dream job right um which is just it's just too much of a burden for all of us to expect that so i'm focused more on passion and uh and clarifying for people what their passion is and letting purpose take take care of itself
0: love it for some of us, uh, some of our listeners, uh, I know this passion conversation can be frustrating sometimes. Um, mm. Of like, I haven't found mine, and I don't know my purpose. Mm-hmm. And I don't know my passion. I don't, and I don't have purpose. Um, mm-hmm. And um, Sean Askanosi was a guest we had on not long ago, and and after the call, we we were just kind of chatting and and uh, talking about. Passion and purpose, and I was kind of just throwing some stuff on the wall, you know, trying to get yep. it to stick. And he goes, he goes, hey, listen to me. Like he ju- he just kind of gave me that like village elder. <laughs> like, right. like we didn't really know each other, but he's like, stop talking. He goes, you don't have to go look for this. Yes, he says it. It, it, it you're you're already doing it. He said yes. you cannot Google passion. You you can't go mm-hmm. outside and find it. He goes. Look at where you spend those still small moments. Yes. Look, look at the way you see between the lines that other people don't see. Look at the things that you hear that other people don't hear. And there you are going to be finding this passion. So I think a lot of times we think it is this esoteric only for the few. Yep. Um, but it's, man, it, it's 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 often small, hidden, and unseen. And it's the way that we enter moments and mediums of communication mm. that,
1: that only we can. So for your son, well, and the, he's a, he's, he yes. may be a
0: comedian and that's, that's right. near to what he's doing.
1: Exactly. And, uh, and, and we have fully gotten on board and delighting in that. In fact, he just said to me this morning, Hey, my, one of my favorite comedians is his specials up on Netflix. Can we watch it tonight? And yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, but I think that the parallel to what your guest was saying that I experienced most commonly in therapy is people who come in and say, I don't, I don't know my passion. Hmm. And, um, and I, my first response is you do Um, in all, in all likelihood you think it's not good enough. Uh, Um, And so you've tried to ignore it, um, pretend it's not what you're here to do. Um, And that's why in lovable, we put that worthiness thing way up front right because yeah. i have to be able to trust that i'm worthy regardless of what i do yeah. and now now i'm way more open to embracing the things that i'm passionate about even if they are in the words used sort of small and hidden and they're not going to earn me a lot of prestige and they may not even make me a lot of money but but man i feel alive when i do them. Yeah. right yeah. i just feel like i've sort of fallen into step with the universe and uh um and so yeah let's let's go do those things and uh let's let that sense of purpose take care of itself yeah so
0: good dude we could do this all day Um, we sure could (laughs) and speaking we're gonna do it all week we're gonna do it all weekend yeah so let's, let's let's it's a perfect yeah segue here we go um so april 20th and 21st in waco america um brent (laughs) brent and i are going to open our home and we had a gathering last year that revolved around the enneagram um and you uh and your bride have said you'll come and um walk us through the worthiness belonging and purpose conversation um i'm super stoked about this I I i can't wait for uh you to come to Waco and open our home we're gonna we're gonna allow about twenty people to join us for the weekend um but what do you what do you sense what do you expect uh for a mm. weekend in, in sacred space like this
1: yeah well you know i'm I, we're just super excited to join you and uh, um, and just to be present to, like you said, 20 people who are are wanting to dig into these ideas. Um, i I think we're going to spend um, we're going to spend a little bit of time on each of these ideas: worthiness, belonging, and purpose. Um, and I'm going to do some a little bit of talking. Um, but to be honest with you, one of my you know when I go out and talk, I gave a talk yesterday and um, I had about. 50 minutes to speak and then about 10 minutes for, for dialogue and question and answer and really digging in with the folks about what I had just discussed. And that's my favorite part (laughs) is having the, having the space. Um, There's a, there's a creative thing that happens for everybody involved when everyone can just be in a safe space and say, so what we just talked about evoked this in me. And I'm wondering about this. Um, And so I'm just thrilled to have the space of a weekend uh, to to put these ideas out there and to engage with people about them in a way that uh that that sort of enlightens each everybody there and all of us as a whole so super excited for it
0: well it'll um it'll definitely be sacred space for us to ground in that belovedness uh you got it. we all we all show up as prisms and uh you receive, it. receive some light and right. uh my assumption will be there will be a uh, beautiful diversity of color and shape and flavor um, for all of us to individually experience. So um, if if you guys are listening and you have you've read Lovable, you've heard these conversations with Kelly, you've listened to Kelly's podcast. Um, I can tell you uh, he, he's he's such a needed voice right now. Um, and the way he's able to break down massive, massive topics, um, I think you'll just go, like the best thing that can happen with a writer or a speaker is when someone goes, Oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> and that's yeah. and that's Kelly's gift. He when you read his work, you go me too. When he speaks, you go me too. And and that's that space that we want to hold. You can go to Ashtongstoffson.com, click the store button there. Tickets are available there. Um, we're allowing, uh, tickets for singles or couples. There's a little bit of discount there, but we're going to have catered food. We're going to have great food and beverages. We're going to just hang out. Uh, we're going to have a celebration dinner on Saturday night. Um, so as much agenda as we may have, we're also going to have not much agenda. Uh, we, we want, we want to leave space for the good stuff and, um, uh, just for us to come together. So if that's something that you guys would, uh, want to be a part of, we'd love to have you. Um, man. Well, I think that's a wrap, isn't it? I think we've finished
1: right, yeah. today. Um, I think so. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good jumping off point for that weekend.
0: For our listeners that want to follow you and your work out there in the world, where's the best place you'd direct them?
1: Oh, well, my website is drkellyflanagan.com. It's drkellyflanagan.com. Uh, you can go there and you can sign up. I have a weekly newsletter that comes out every Wednesday um and uh that'll give you links to my every other week blog post and my weekly podcast which is digging into the ideas from lovable a little more deeply and then uh you can always go to itunes and search the lovable podcast to get connected with that and um you know lovable itself is available wherever books are sold you can get it in paperback and digital and audio so however you like to to consume a book you can do that
0: beautiful please do um, I can tell you, my little block here in Wichita Falls, Texas, and in Waco, we've we've shared this book, and uh, it's 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 made beautiful, peaceful waves in our community. And um, it is it's 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 life's playbook. I hope that's not too much to put on you, but it really is a it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And and I've yet to find anyone that's read it where they've been like, uh, I didn't get it. Everyone's like, um okay, now it all clicks. So uh, mm. that's what it's all about. But uh, anyway, dude, we'll uh, we'll see you in April.
1: Sounds, sounds great, Ashton. Okay. Looking forward to
0: it. Okay, brother. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: All right, you okay. bet. Thanks for having me. Yep.
0: Hey everybody, a couple things before we go. Number one, if you have enjoyed these conversations, would you please run over uh, to iTunes and leave us a little quick review? One of the ways we get to spread the information uh, and stuff that we're sharing here at Good, True, and Beautiful uh, is by people leaving a review. So if you've enjoyed your time here, please go there, drop us a note. We'd be super grateful. Next, if you think someone would make a great interview at Good, True, and Beautiful, I would love to know about it. You can email me directly, ashton at ashtongustafson.com. And if they're a writer, thought leader, uh, leading a beautiful life, living a great story, anything that's good, true, beautiful, I want to know these people. One of my favorite things that's happened here is you guys have shared people with me uh, to go out and reach, and it's just been unbelievable to um, connect stories together uh, and really bring back to the table uh, wonderful stories that people are living. So please send them my way. I would love to connect with them. And lastly... As you approach this week, may you pause by the orchid, listen to the bluebird sing, and be love.